I do think this year is very significant. You may recall, if you're older than me, but I don't recall in my lifetime ever a time when the world was in such turmoil. Yes, we've had wars and conflicts. Yes, we've been through a worldwide pandemic, but I searched my memory this morning. I don't remember a time when both of the massive communist world powers were on the brink of threats toward the rest of the world. I don't remember China and Russia in my lifetime both being riled up like they are right now. The Middle East is a powder keg. It could erupt in ways that we can't even comprehend today while we're in service. I don't recall a time in my life when prophecy has felt more immediate or more um, uh, significant or more consequential. And so I think what we do this year is very important. And tomorrow at CCC, we begin, as Pastor Matt has announced, we begin a week of prayer and fasting. It is a yearly call to action for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to obey. And I understand. I've been in this kind of uh, ministry for 40 years now. Many will just tune out the pastor and they'll dream up a boatload of excuses and uh, they'll just carry on with their regular routine. But I stand here this morning as your friend, as someone that you know, and as someone who would tell you that we need to hunger and thirst after God's presence like never before. And I believe in this church I believe in the faithfulness of the people of God. And I believe there are many who will rise to the challenge that pastor has laid down. And you will pray and you will fast this week to tell Jesus something very important. We don't want to do 2024 without you. We don't want to go through the routine that so many churches go through every weekend. That's not who we want to be. We hunger for a touch of God. So this week, there's a call. I hope you'll hear it and heed it. We will be pushing away from the table and we will be pushing into the prayer closet because fasting, that thing that has just become obsolete and outdated and irrelevant to most of the church world. Fasting gets God's attention like nothing else. Fasting is restraining your flesh to release your spirit. Fasting is telling your old man no so you can tell your new man yes. It's using your physical body, the appetites of your body, when denied, to put an exclamation mark at the end of your prayer and say, God, I am serious about what I am asking you for. Fasting kills the flesh and it breaks spiritual chains like nothing else that you can do. There is no substitute for prayer and fasting in the apostolic church if we truly are who we say we are and we truly want to experience the deep things of God. There is no substitute. Thank you. 
those of you that are praying. I don't know about you, I am hungry for Jesus this year. Fasting is the sacrifice that heaven rewards the most. And it is the sacrifice that hell fears the most. And it is the sacrifice that humans hate the most. Because it denies this old flesh and it tells God, two-thirds of me are spirit. I am body, soul, and spirit. Two-thirds of me is not physical. And so I am denying that physical part. It gets its way most of the time. It sleeps when it wants and it eats when it wants and it does what it wants. But this week, Jesus, I'm waving a big flag of fasting and I'm saying, heaven, I need your attention down here in my life and in our church and in our city. The Bible says that Hannah and David and Jehoshaphat and Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther and Daniel, all of them fasted. The nation of Israel in the Old Testament fasted regularly. The prophets would call them to fasting in times of trouble and in seasons of consecration. The entire city of Nineveh fasted to avoid the judgment of God. Fasting is mentioned about 30 times in the New Testament of the Bible, the Apostle Paul said he fasted often. The Gentiles never would have been reached. Hear me. We would have never been reached with the gospel if it hadn't been for prayer and fasting. How do you say that? Acts chapter 10. A man named Cornelius, a Gentile, was fasting and praying and God, because he saw his fasting and praying, he sent him an apostolic preacher and that was the first incursion into the Gentile nations with the apostolic message. We would not be sitting here this morning if it had not been for prayer and fasting. Furthermore, let's Pop it out of the Bible. We would not be sitting here on the top of Baseball Hill in the town of Marysville in the city of Fredericton in the province of New Brunswick had it not been for elder pioneer preachers and elder pastors, most of whom have gone on to their reward and some precious older saints who fasted and prayed and said, God, we are not content to have another average church on another average corner in another average town in New Brunswick we want your power it changed some of your families don't forget where your family came from one of them was an alcoholic way back then but he made his way to an altar and he might be your great grandpa and he may have been in heaven most of your life but you're here because somebody prayed and fasted for us Moses and Elijah and Jesus each fasted 40 days. And Jesus expected his followers to fast. He didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. He even told his disciples this, and I bring it to you as a text of Scripture this morning. Some prayers, they don't even get answered unless they are accompanied with fasting. The disciples said, Jesus, why couldn't we do this miracle? Why couldn't we see this deliverance? Why didn't our prayer get answered? And he said, this 
this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Could it be that the miracles and the signs and the wonders that we talk about often in this apostolic church, could it be that the deliverance for some family member, could it be that some unanswered prayer for a miracle, you think it's unanswered, but God is saying if you'd push the pedal to the metal, if you'd fast a little bit, this kind is not going to budge except through prayer and fasting. Now before you get all up in your grill, the word fast simply means to abstain or to refrain from or to go without or to deny oneself. And most typically and most normally and most usually in the history of the church, it involves abstaining and refraining from and going without and denying oneself food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If I have any concern about the generation that I inhabit, it's that we get so many words from so many sources. And we're inundated with words and opinions and trivia. We're inundated with all kinds of smut and filth. We're inundated with all kinds of political talk. And some of us have hours and hours and hours to spend with all of that and only seconds, maybe moments, to spend with God's Word. And so every once in a while, I know it's a little shock to the system. That's why we do it at the beginning of every year. We need to slam on the brakes and say what am I doing and how am I living and where am I going and what do I want to see in my life this year and I can almost guarantee you that if you'll put a little fasting with that prayer of yours it'll ramp up what happens in your spiritual life fasting turns us from that which sustains physical life to that which sustains spiritual life let me just tell you how it's going to be this week. Fasting will rub your flesh the wrong way. And it should. Because your flesh wars against your spirit, the Bible says in Galatians 5. And your carnal man, your carnal mind is an enemy of God, it says in Romans 8. Only one appetite can win. Now there are several types of fasts mentioned in the scripture and practice today. People sometimes do a complete fast. All they drink is water or maybe some light juice. People sometimes do a partial fast. Some people call that a Jewish fast because that's how they would do it from sunup to sundown and then they eat in the evening. Uh, some people do what's called a Daniel fast. They fast like Daniel did. They eat only vegetables, no caffeine or, or sugars, and, and, and they just eat that, no meat, and they, they do a Daniel fast. And uh, Some people, uh, they do a partial fast of some other kind. Um, it, it's not so much about which kind of fast you do. It's about telling Jesus, this week is special, this year I want it to be special, and my relationship with you is special. And so you may choose to do some kind of partial fast, and that would be absolutely wonderful and so much appreciated. 
because we are not the kind of church where we hire a pastor and have him come in a couple of times a week and preach us a little inspirational thought and we go home quite smug and satisfied. We are a church that desperately wants a move of God's spirit in our midst and in our city. I wish you'd let your hunger out. You're thinking about hunger because I'm talking about fasting. I wish you'd let your spiritual hunger out through your voice right now and just reach out to the Lord. Sometimes people choose to do uh, a partial fast in that they don't even necessarily fast food. They fast something else that takes up a lot of their time. And they'll do a media fast. Sometimes our young people do that. Um, I'm fine with that. Uh, but I don't think we should deny our young people, who are some of the most consecrated and dedicated apostolics that I know, I don't think we should deny them the privilege of fasting food either. Because they're perfectly capable. They're not junior apostolics. They're apostolics. But here's the principle. No matter what kind of fasting you do, if it does not challenge you, it will not change you. It's got to be a challenge for you. And so on this first Sunday of this new year, heaven is waiting for your response and hell fears your response. <laughs> the devil loves to rock believers to sleep in their routine of doing church. But hell fears your response. Some person near to you, maybe a family member, they're hoping for your response because if you could get a hold of God for them, they could come out of that hospital or they could come off of that sick bed or they could be delivered from that disease or they might not need that surgery. Some situation around you requires your response. Your life and your loved ones and your church and your city and your present and your future will be impacted by your fast this week. Acts 13 and 2 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost began to speak to the first century church. If we think in our generation with so many distractions we're going to get away with less than that, we're not. The Holy Ghost began to speak when God's people corporately prayed and fasted. So my challenge to you this morning is a corporate challenge to this great church. Because this great church, if they ever set their mind to something, they can do it. We just completed a beautiful, wonderful year. It's been a, a, a great year. And as we enter the beginning of the year, it's always a time when uh, Pastor Eric and our finance team, they uh, forward adjust to Pastor and to me our, our giving for our, our saints. We don't look at that every week. We don't even look at that every month. We don't even look at that every quarter. But once a year, because we're so grateful for the faithfulness of this group of people, I've got to tell you, I was in tears looking over those numbers as I thought of some wonderful young couples.
that have all kinds of obligations and some of them just got homes and some of them have uh, jobs that aren't the greatest and the best because they're still young in their careers and yet they're so faithful in giving to this church. I looked at seniors who could easily say, I've done my bit, I've done my time, I've served king and country and I'm done, but, but they still give so faithfully. I've looked at a host of young people who have their first job and they're sacrificial in giving and we're so grateful for that. This great church, if it sets its mind to something, it can do it. And is this great church, if this church sets its mind to corporately go to a time of prayer and fasting, you can do it. You're not less than, you're not insignificant, you're not behind. You are a great church and if you set your mind to it, God will hear from heaven. But just the same as with tithing and giving and supporting missions, it's easy to say, I go to a church that does that. I go to a church where most of the people tithe and I go to a church where many of the people give and I go to the church where many people support missionaries and so it's easy to just kind of go along for the ride and be total deadweight spiritually. And in the very same way, it's so easy in this realm of prayer and fasting because nobody sees your private consecration. It's so easy to say, well, I go to a church that prays. It's so easy to get the church to pray for something you've hardly prayed for. It's so easy to ask the church to take a burden of prayer and you haven't had a burden of prayer. But for so many of you, you're so faithful in your praying. And this is a week when we focus on that. Fasting helps us do one thing that has fallen out of fashion and favor in modern Christendom. It helps us to seek the face of God. That's an expression that occurs many times in Scripture. But the question is, if we can't see God's face, which we can't, how can we seek God's face? And the answer is found in the old Hebrew language. The word for face in Hebrew, panim, is also the most commonly translated word for presence in the Old Testament. So to seek God's face is to seek God's presence. If you seek his face, what you're asking is, Jesus... I don't want to walk through life by remote control. I don't want to have a form of godliness or a, a degree of religion or a little bit of, of you. I want to walk and talk and live and exist in your presence. I'm seeking your presence. To seek God's face is to seek his presence. And if we will do that, there are powerful promises released in our lives. The Bible still says, if my people, which are called by my name, somebody shout, that's me. If they will humble themselves, 
What does that mean? Well, it means that you don't sit there and say, well, I don't need to do this, or I, I've got this all figured out, or I just don't agree. No, if we'll humble ourselves and pray, and if we will seek God's face, if we will seek his presence and turn from our wicked ways, you're fooling yourself if you think you can hold sin in one hand and Jesus in the other. But if you will say, God, I've made some mistakes, and, but I'm going to lay this down because more than all of this, I want your presence. I need you in my life. There's something good in me, Jesus, because I'm here this morning. I came to church because somewhere inside of me, there's a spirit man, and he's trying to push out through all of this junk that is in my life. But this week is going to help me help that spiritual man. I'm going to reach in through all the layers of mess and mistakes take, I'm going to reach in and I'm going to pull him out. My spirit man is about ready to come to the surface because I'm going to give God this week of my life. It's just a little bit of time this year, but it's the first fruits of this year. I'm going to give it to God. Oh, I wish you'd lift up your voice and pray for a moment. I understand that this is not normal and average and ordinary. I understand that this is a call deep calleth unto deep. I understand that it's pastor saying to us, we're going to go above and beyond. And a lot of people, they just want to go average and ordinary, but not an apostolic believer. An apostolic believer said, I may not be able to go without food due to health, but I can go without something and call heaven's attention to our church and say, God, I can't do everything pastor can do, but I'm doing something in Jesus' name. This is my week to set up this year. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. A person's face reveals so much about their character and about their personality. You can see inward emotions of a person expressed outwardly on their face. You can look at your, their hand. You can look at the back of their head. You can look at their feet. You can look at any part of their body and you don't see their emotional state. You look at their face and you can see their emotional state. We recognize a person by looking at their face. So in a very real sense... Biblically and practically, your face represents your whole person. And that's exactly how the word face is understood in the pages of Scripture. It requires intimacy to look intently and consistently into someone's face. And I can guarantee you don't do that with strangers. And if you ever do, they will quickly tell you, you're in my face or in my space. What do they mean? You're too close and too intense. We don't have that kind of relationship. I want that kind of relationship with the Lord Jesus that I can behold his face and he can see my face and he can search my heart and cleanse me.
And see, that's the plague of modern Christendom is that people don't spend time seeking God's face. They're not that close to him. And that's why their lives don't reflect his word or his will because they have him over here where you could have any acquaintance and they occasionally talk to him and they occasionally ask him for help and they occasionally give him some little minor consecration in their life. But, but see, that's not what we're after this week. We're after beholding God's face, getting up so close to him that he will rebuke us for little thoughts or actions or deeds that are not pleasing to him and we'll readily receive it because we're beholding his face. Say, this is awkward this morning, Pastor Raymond. Yes, it is, because we're talking about spiritual intimacy. Far too many Christians think of prayer as some kind of daily responsibility. I have to pray. Instead of looking at their time with God as not responsibility, but relationship, building relationship. Prayer is not a laundry list of requests given to God half-mindlessly, rapid fire, while your mind is already racing on to the next thing on your to-do list. No, prayer is a conversation with God. How do I converse with someone, Pastor Raymond, who doesn't speak audibly to me? How do I have a conversation with him? I can't hear him. Yes, you really can. You really can. You really can. If you will talk to him and then read a little bit of this word and let him talk to you, you will have a conversation with God. And he will express his love for you. And sometimes he will express his rebuke of you. And all of it is good. The Bible even says we had fathers that chastened us. They disciplined us. We have a heavenly father that does the same. My missionary friend Steve Willoughby years ago wrote this. I miss him so much. What a great man of God. Prayer is not something that you do. Prayer is something that you are. Prayer flows automatically out of living sacrifices. Because prayer is simply the verbal expressions of the meditation of your heart. So, not praying is the result of a dead sacrifice. God replaced dead sacrifices because they had limited value. This is the Old Testament. Dead sacrifices were too easy to forget. You gave. You just brought the animal sacrifice that you gave, then just walked away. But a living sacrifice is different. A living sacrifice requires daily maintenance and daily conversation. You're decaying if you're not praying. I couldn't say amen any stronger to that. This is more important than what's coming here. This response in the spirit. Would you let your voice out again and respond in the spirit? 
Your response this morning may set the trajectory for your entire year. Your response this week may open up doors of the Spirit that you can't even comprehend. Would you stop believing that you need to live down here and all the super spiritual people, the only thing that's different with most of them is they're praying and fasting. And if you will push yourself, You say, this isn't normal for a church. You don't understand. Saran and Shilpa, I'm so glad to see you this morning. I love you. They came to CCC the first time on Christmas Eve morning. You know why they came here? Because the Bible college students were out caroling, stopped by their place. They invited them inside, and they prayed together. And when they heard those Bible school students praying in other tongues they realized that what they had missed from their church in India, they had not found here in Fredericton in the years they've lived here. There's something so powerful about a move of the Spirit. You think, well, we should calm that down because the world doesn't like that. That's exactly the point. The world doesn't like that. But when somebody has a hunger for God and they love the Lord, that's something they're searching for. Whew. Ryan, come on back. Um, my friend David Bounds texted me three minutes before prayer meeting started Friday night. David, uh, you know his brother Aaron because Aaron has been here and preached in our church, Aaron Bounds. And Aaron is a powerful, powerful man of God, pastors a great church, several daughter works, and Aaron is what I would call a conference preacher. He's often asked to preach. David, his brother, is a different sort of ministry. David is a crusade preacher. He's been part of some meetings overseas that would just take your breath away, seeing multiplied hundreds and thousands receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. David pastors a church in downtown Parkersburg, West Virginia. West Virginia is one of the states uh, that has had an economic downturn for years because of the mining industry. It's, it's not like it used to be. And I've driven through towns in West Virginia where there was just building after building abandoned. And, but he's in Parkersburg. It's a beautiful city. And he's downtown in an old medical clinic. Um, it was uh, derelict for several years. It's shaped like a big X with one leg long, and so they call it the Cross Church. It's in the heart of downtown Parkersburg. That is the only county in West Virginia, as of a couple of years ago, 
where the rates of drug addiction and petty crime and prostitution, they're going down. And the authorities in David's city attribute that to the Cross Church. Because in the parking lot of that building, before they got there and set it up as a church, there were prostitutes, there were drug deals happening, there were drug dealers operating openly. Every homeowner within a mile of his church is so thrilled that they're there. Their property values went through the roof compared to before the Cross Church got there. David's a great man. He's a man of prayer and fasting. His family is a people of prayer and fasting. He texted me Friday. Their midweek service is Thursday night. He said, I just want to let you know what happened. He said, last night in midweek service, there was a man visiting our church, and some of our people brought him to the front, not at the altar service, during the worship service. They brought him to the front. He was in a car wreck years ago. And he was blind. And so we just started praying for him. The praise team was still singing. He said, we laid our hands on him. And typical David Bounds, what a great man of God he is. He prayed for him and the guy, there's a lot of noise around, but David got right up in his ear and he asked him and the guy said, I can see you. And they started rejoicing. And David he said, it's in the Bible. Jesus touched a man and prayed for him. And he said, I can see tree, man as trees walking. So we're going to pray again. And they prayed again. And that man's eyes came open. He said, I can see those singers up on the platform. <laughs> Pastor David, he's got a good sense of humor. He said, what color's my hair? David's bald. The man said, you don't have any hair. That was a midweek service during the worship set. I am here to tell you if any church, anywhere, any people, anywhere, any family, anywhere will get serious about seeking the face of God, God will hear from heaven and God will answer prayer. So this week, it's not favorable in the modern church. It's not in fashion anymore, but this week's a week where we're setting aside time. The church is open every evening, 7 to 8, as Pastor Matt has said. But it's more than that. It's more than just showing up at the building. We're going to be putting some prayer and some fasting behind everything that happens in this church this week and this year. Now I'm asking you to stand with me. I'm done preaching such as it has been. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and your voice heavenward. That's not the kind of voice I'm talking about. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and your voice heavenward. We're hungry for you, Jesus. We're thirsty for you, Jesus. We want to seek your face. We are here to seek your presence. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Keep praying. You're not bothering anything. Keep praying. 
I told you this message this morning is a corporate challenge, and it is to our church. But it's also a personal challenge to you. Because in your family are needs that the rest of this church body may not even know about. In your life are situations that nobody else in this room may even know about. But if you will go to prayer and fasting this week, if you will lay down the appetites of the flesh and you'll pick up the appetite of your spirit man, God can do the miraculous for us, CCC. So I challenge you right now, everybody in this room that can move physically, if you leave where you're standing and make a trek to this altar right now, yes, I'm talking to you up in the balcony, in the back row, please don't let this just be, well, I went to a church and we had a service and pastor asked the church to come and say they'll pray and fast. Please make it a personal challenge this morning to you and your family and in your life. Thank you for coming from the balcony. Thank you for coming from the back. Would you push in as close as you can so we can get as many people across the front as possible? When you get here, you don't need to wait. Lift up your hands and talk to God. He's been talking to you during this service. You already know what Jesus is pushing you to do. Maybe it's a complete fast. Maybe all you can do is a partial fast. Maybe your work will only let you uh, do something. Maybe your schedule will only let you do a little bit. But do something in Jesus' name. All I can tell you right now is what we need to feel in this place, what we need to hear in this place is your spiritual hunger coming out through your voice. That's not going to sound polite, perhaps. That's not going to sound easy, perhaps. But let your hunger be expressed through your voice. So the lava, yeah, they love us. I believe sickness can be healed this week in our church family. I believe hospital beds can be emptied this week in our church family. I believe that people can come out of wheelchairs this week in our church family. You may have done average normal church for so long, you struggle to even believe that. But I know that can happen. This is not just tradition that Pastor Raymond's doing here. I know we do this a lot, but this is with intention this morning because we need to double the intensity of what we're praying right now. So reach over and take the hand of somebody near you, uh, men with men, ladies with ladies, family with families, friends with friends. Would you take their hand, lift it with yours, and now would you double your intensity in prayer as you connect with them. Families are going to be restored this week and this year. Diseases are going to be healed this week and this year. Miracles are going to happen this week and this year. But it's going to come forth not by request, but by prayer and fasting. Not by desire, but by prayer and fasting. 